a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. On June 30th, on June 30th, we will see the primary election results here in the state of Utah for the various parties. There are a number of races here in Utah where there are four candidates for each primary race. That is remarkable. That is not something we have seen historically here in Utah. It comes about, of course, uh, because of SB 54, there being various routes to the primary ballot. And in Utah's fourth congressional district race, there are uh, four such candidates. And we will be speaking throughout this week to each of uh, those candidates, including the Democrat nominee we'll speak to on Friday. Our first in this series is Kim Coleman. We'll speak to her in just a moment as she connects here on the line. Uh, We're going to talk to her about a number of things, her priorities. I have a few questions for her. I'd also like to hear uh, from her specifically on the issue of law enforcement reform here in the state of Utah. Uh, Representative Coleman is currently uh, in the Utah House of Representatives, represents District 42. That's West Jordan. And she also sits on the Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Interim Committee. Earlier today, we heard from uh, Paul Ray, who made mention of these committee meetings, which are taking place throughout the week in the lead-up to the special session. I have in front of me right now the revised agenda for tomorrow's meeting of the Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Interim Committee, an interim committee on which sits uh, Kim Coleman, with whom we'll speak in just a moment. But I want to point out Uh, a few of the items on this agenda. Tomorrow, tomorrow at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, this committee, this interim committee, will discuss testing for the coronavirus and how uh, state law may or may not need to be adjusted for uh, testing. And then they're going to be discussing and debating chokehold prohibitions. The committee will study the potential prohibition of the use of chokeholds by law enforcement. There will be a presentation from a member of the Senate and the Utah House. There will be committee discussion, and there will also be a period of public comment. So in a moment, when we connect with Representative Coleman, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing with her what she hopes to hear tomorrow. If she has any thoughts, she will bring to that uh, meeting again of the interim Committee of Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice. This, again, is in the lead-up to Thursday and Friday's special session of the Utah legislature where laws could be introduced, debated, passed, signed by the governor, which could have dramatic impact on not only uh, the coronavirus here in the state of Utah, but uh, most presently uh, law enforcement. We could see a prohibition of the chokehold here in the state of Utah. Now, uh, on the line, we are joined by Kim Coleman. Representative, how are you? 
Good, thank you. Great to great to see you here, Lee. I, I know. You and I have known each other for a long, long time, uh, and it I is know. not until right now that we've been able to connect in our in our new capacities. Uh, right. Specific. Go ahead. On lots of campaign trails. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. T- yeah. Tell me, I, I was just describing to folks uh, that you are, of course, a, a sitting representative here in the state of Utah, and tomorrow uh, that you, as a member of the Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Interim Committee, will be discussing various items, uh, including a potential prohibition on chokeholds here in the state. There will be committee discussion, public comment. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to either learning, hearing, or saying tomorrow in that committee meeting on that topic? You know, I remember years and years ago I worked in a, a mental health facility where I, I saw just in a couple of years that I, I worked there changes to ways that we could properly restrain people who were uh, either uh, presenting a risk of danger to themselves or to others. And and so we learn more, we we adjust, and I think as, as we look at this recent circumstance and the, the tragic death of George Floyd, uh, it, you know, that's one place. I mean, there's so so many issues around this, but at the very least, can we we look at are are there some uh, some maneuvers, some procedures that that we can revisit and say, you know, these really don't make sense. Are better ways pose less risk of of any permanent harm or injury or death mm-hmm. to someone that uh, we're trying to restrain or law enforcement is trying to restrain? I think that that is an absolutely fair place to do. We should do that regularly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see, uh, you know, see what that debate looks like, because at the same time, I mean, if they're restraining somebody, uh, hopefully there's, there's strong reason that a person is being restrained. Uh, but it would typically be assumed that because they do pose a risk of harm to themselves or others, um, or law enforcement. So, um, so trying to, trying to look at what, what can we do that poses least risk to, uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I've spoken to various individuals and organizations, including the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, this notion of, uh, you know, steering away from that type of restraint is generally supported. There are other ways to approach uh, circumstances like you describe, which, uh, you know, pose less risk to, uh, you know, the, to the combatant. Let's shift gears. Talk to me as a candidate. Let's say you are elected. You head out to Washington, D.C. What's the first order of business if Congressman Coleman is a, a title in your future? <laughs> Well, first order of business, I, I think, is very different now than if you had asked me six months ago. But we have a country to fully reopen, get businesses back operational, put people back to work, uh, and, and doing that in ways, um, you know, that express those free market principles. Dealing with with our budgetary issues that COVID has has placed on that federal budget. We've we've offered uh, stimulus money and making sure that doesn't drive up that debt and uh, add add to the national debt. So this is the time for Congress to also tighten its belt like like we will be doing this week in the Utah legislature. I've cut budgets before and uh, we're in the middle of cutting budgets. And, and so that's, I think, is the first order of business is getting this country fully operational. At the same time, we've learned how the Dependent we have become on some other countries for things that are vital to to our economy, to our health, to um, you know to find out that that we were so dependent on China for uh, for our drugs, for our pharmaceuticals, for our personal uh, protective 
equipment, all of these things, you know, I think we need to look very closely about making sure that we are not so dependent on a country that doesn't care about us, our citizens, and and directly contributed, some would say, and I have said, caused the death of 110,000 Americans. Why are you best suited to address that situation? Uh, first of all, because I knew about it, I think, before any of, of the other candidates have gone out on the limb to, to call out what it is. I, I, President Trump has been sounding that alarm for a long time. And um, so, again, being involved in the legislative process, I know the machinations of, of it, of the politics behind it, the actual process of legislating and, and looking at all the factors, all the potential impacts, consequences. I've made the hard decisions. And, uh, you know, my arm's been twisted, my back up against the wall, heartstrings pulled, mm. uh, mind uh, tried to manipulate, and I stick to my principles, our conservative principles of good governing and our, our constitutional basics. So I've done it. I've done it for six years, and and I've shown that I can I can I can stick to those principles, fight the good fights, and uh, and continue on. Very good, Kim Coleman, candidate for Utah's fourth congressional seat. Thank you for your time. Uh, good luck to you this uh, upcoming Thursday and Friday during the special session, and of course throughout the week as you execute your committee duties. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Lee. All righty. All right. Take care. Uh, Listen, before we go to break, let me remind you, of course, here in the state of Utah, we're voting by mail this year. Uh, You've got until June 30th, but you ought to do it today. If you've got that ballot, if it's in your home, why don't you sit down today, fill it out, drop it in the mail, uh, and so we can get this vote counted. We're going to rock the vote. We're doing it from home this year, along with everyone here at KSL News Radio. One segment remains today. I'm going to share with you a political ad, and it is going to give way to a giant conversation about what is fair and what is right and how you and I need to take responsibility uh, for what we consume in terms of political advertising. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.